<laughs> Look at this. It is Thursday. We finally did. We got back to being on a Thursday. It is Thursday. It is nine. Shuka Cowboys time. And with me is the very beautiful and talented Mr. Lorne. How are we, sir? Oh, not too bad. Never been called that before, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, you see, I like to bring people up before I bring them down. <laughs> <laughs> How's Trex? You all right? I know you haven't been uh, you haven't been too well lately. Been in the weather. How are you feeling now? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting over it now. I'm I'm not needing to use the cough button as much. So um, <laughs> we're getting yes. there. The old friendly cough button comes great and handy over here, especially in the UK with the weather we get. But uh, yes, welcome, guys. We are deep into the positional breakdown series. Last week it was the draft class. This week is looking at the quarterbacks on uh, the roster. Being that there's only two of us and there's only four quarterbacks to look at, we'll probably run through this show uh, fairly abruptly. Um, but that's fine. It more means everyone gets an early night. But there's plenty to talk about because there's some news and all the rest of it. Um, as DJ Dog says, one of the things coming up is the schedule, which is ironically out after the show. Yeah, Never mind. <laughs> 2, 2, 2 a.m. I think it is, it comes out, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah, I, I'm, there, I'm not about... fancy and staying up to find out who plays who when at 2 o'clock. Mm. I'll wait for it in the morning and then do it. Right, let's hit yeah. the news and updates and then we can crack on with the show. So let's go with that. It's good to get that transition back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've missed them. When you're on the draft, there's no need, the draft shows, no need to use any of that. You're just rolling through it all, trying to get through as much as you can. All right, anyway, we're into the news and updates, guys. So, uh, first off, I don't know, right? Let me ask you this, Lord. Do you put much stock into strength of schedule rankings? No, not really, because, I mean, not at this time of the year, because obviously... Yeah so much has changed through free agency in the draft mm -hmm. and then you know it, it, it again as i was saying last week it can be that you can you can have the most talented team in terms of um potential yeah and you know you just don't catch fire you don't have the culture or something mm -hmm. like that and it just doesn't come together um you know obviously if you were if you were start of the off season, you would say Dallas had a cakewalk to the NFC East. I think what everybody else has done in the draft, I think, has made it a little bit harder. I'm not going to say that we're not going to win the East, but um, certainly, you know, Philadelphia certainly solidified their position. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it and closed they, the they gap were, for sure. Yeah, and they were yeah. a team that obviously made the playoffs last year. Um, and, and still had high high quality first round draft picks, uh -huh. which they then converted into also the signing of AJ Brown as well. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, because that'll be interesting. Because here's a funny thing with strength of schedule rankings is obviously they're going off last year's um, win loss records um, to create what you know essentially how easy your schedule is going to be. And I just think that going off what teams did last year is a terrible way to look at how you're going to be this year. Because Cowboys, as it stands, ranks 32nd in strength of schedule, meaning they have the easiest schedule on paper. But years 
a good example of why strength of schedule is a terrible way to look at it is that the Bengals were toted to have a top 10 uh, draft uh, pick in this year's draft. Turns out they ended up being the Super Bowl runner-up. Like, nobody saw that come in. But, yeah, yeah, if you put that in the strength of schedule, people would be like, oh, you've got the Bengals. So that that's an easy game. Turns out Cowboys have the Bengals on, um, on their schedule. But doesn't mean to say... The Bengals are going to be Super Bowl caliber, you know, a caliber team. And it also doesn't mean to say that the Cowboys this year, because we're bearing in mind, like you say, Eagles have done well to close the gap. Giants have done their uh, commanders. We'll talk about that another day. But they were the, the Cowboys in the NFC East were 6-0. and So you're yeah. saying, based on the strength of schedule, the Cowboys have six wins in the bag already. And it's not how it works. We know that I would say in terms of Eagles, Cowboys versus Eagles, I could see them splitting games this year. That's for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, even you know, look at look at nineteen eighty nine when we were one and fifteen. I mean, exactly. We beat the Redskins, and we weren't expected. So they were the Redskins at the time. So I'll get away with saying that. Uh But um, you know, we beat them. We weren't expected to, and to actually do it in their home at RFK Stadium as well was was quite something. So. Um, you know, you, you never can, especially with these divisional games, you can never guess what's actually going to happen. There is, there's always going to be that rivalry that raises the bar ever yeah. so slightly. So, as it playbook goes out the window on the divisional games, you just got to do whatever you can. Um, but yeah, I just think that in terms of strength of schedule, I just think it's, a, it's just a terrible way to try and evaluate and predict a, a team's um season so we posted it up uh, on our social media more than anything um because it just makes a talking point and to find out where people's mindsets are on it for me it's not my um way to look at it i just think it's not very good but there we go that's that's that um yeah. in other news though we found out some of the schedule as we were talking about green bay which is week 10 uh which means that's a november game um, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, that's good for the Cowboys. It means you're not going all the way up north uh, in December in the colder months when they get like, what is it, like 18 feet of snow up there and you see Lambeau Field disappearing in a big chunk of ice. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Make that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the schedule uh, for the Cowboys. Other ones as well, we found out um, Eagles are the Christmas Eve game. So that's going to make Christmas Eve very interesting. Um, yeah, and think- and at home. So we're not, you know, obviously normally we've been away the la- the, latter, the latter weeks of the season. Um, you know, especially against the NFC East opponents. Yeah, yeah. It's normally <laughs> been that. So we'll at least be home for Christmas one way or another. Um you know, and as as Derek Eagleton said, you know, it, uh, it on Cowboys break yesterday, it means, yeah. you know, they're not getting back to Dallas at the same time as Santa Claus is making his deliveries. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to do it. And it also means um, we can enjoy a nice um, drink in the house, watching the Cowboys beat the Eagles. Get on the eggnog, yep. mate. Oh, that's what we should do. We should make all make eggnog and see if we can drink the most Christmas Eve. <laughs> that's a plan. That's a plan. plan. The wife says no, but I say yes. Anyway, um, 
there's also rumor and i'm not too sure there is a little rumor and the new york just so you know the new york times and the new york post are both uh putting this on their website that the the giants and cowboys are a thanksgiving game still only speculation and conjecture at this stage the fact they're reporting it is quite interesting puts um a little cherry on the top if you like with, with that um we have heard it could be the Bengals too, but that rumor has been swiftly cut with a knife. So yep. it, I don't know. It, Giants a Thanksgiving that would be quite a funky one. I quite like that. What do you think? Yeah, we. I mean, you know, we've they've certainly scheduled NFC East opponents before. We've obviously we've had back to back years with uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it certainly adds to some of the excitement. Um, hope, uh, you know, and it certainly gets a, it gets a crowd in. But um, yeah. I'd be I'd be happy facing either the Bengals or the Giants. You know, the, the, the Bengals obviously you got the interest that it's comparing them to the team that obviously came second this year. Um, yeah, yeah, got, yeah, At least got to the Super Bowl. So, and mm. of course Dave Hellman would love it because he'd he'd get to see obviously all of his LSU Tigers. So. <laughs> yeah, practically, eh? Um, yeah. But yes, uh, so that's some of what we knew know about the schedule. Just so you know, the schedule is being released tonight or, or early hours of Friday morning here in the UK and Europe. Um, so take a look and keep an eye out for that. Um, other news as well, there's been a, a Cole Beasley rumor running. Um, have asked the question, and it's more just of the people like to talk, they like to create narratives, is what I've got. And it's like, okay, fair enough, but it, it has been out there. Um, as we said before, Lorne, this is the time of year for all of it, you know, especially this week when it's like a, a very um. What's the word I'm looking for? Like it's a media low, isn't it? You know, this time yeah. of year. Yeah. Um, people... all, all, all the media departments are working, putting the finishing touches to their schedule release videos tonight. Exactly. Um, you know, there, there's not a lot being reported, obviously. You're, you're starting to see some of the, the draft picks making their signings. So, um, you know, that's starting to trickle in. And obviously, but pretty much you know what everybody's going to sign for anyway it's all slotted so it's there's nothing special with it um uh yeah and just it, it just come through now as well by the way denver broncos wide receiver jerry judy has just been arrested oh god it's just literally come through now um Okay, I know that's not cowboys related but it literally has just come through as we were talking um keep an eye on that because that could be quite an interesting situation going on there. Um, in other news, though, with other players, John Ridgway, I don't know if you've seen this, um, gave an interview. The part I particularly liked about it is he said he's ready to break necks. Yep. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you want. You want, you know, True. that's why Dallas drafted him, was that, you know, this guy's got to an break attitude necks. on him. And... <laughs> Um, you know, that's, that's the stuff. Uh, and I mean, you know, that's, that's only the second draft pick that Jerry's ever used on an Arkansas player. So, mm, this is um, true. you know, there's obviously been something there that they've liked about it. 
Um, there was Felix. Yeah, and interesting. Somebody, somebody's been on some of the podcasts this week and asked the same question that he doesn't rate the the tape on Ridgeway, but you know, um, I I I I see him and Bahana. Um, obviously, Bahana had a roster spot last year. I see Ridgeway effectively taking the sort of Brent Urban uh, roster yes. spot from last yeah. year. So you're going to have these two big guys that can can handle the run. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the way the Cowboys are moving them those pieces up front, it's going to be good to have interchangeable pieces. I know Ridgeway, he's a fairly one-dimensional player in what he's going to be doing in terms of role as that zero-one tech run stuffer. But um, it will be interesting to see how he's using rotational. Um, way about it, um, but in terms of roster, um, because rookie mini camp is starting actually today, uh, which is good. Um, they still need to make one more cut, uh, to the roster to add their nine draft players plus the 20 undrafted free agents and the additional extra two quarterbacks they're bringing in, which we speak about in a moment. Um, the one move, though, and I'm not sure entirely how it works, and I asked the question, nobody's entirely sure themselves, is obviously you have Damon Clark, which we assume is going to start the season on PUP. But does he have to come into the building, at least for a day or whatever, and then they move him to PUP? Or can they just literally, right from now, put him out because then he doesn't count to the roster? Um, that hasn't been done yet. Don't know how those rules work in particular. Um, I'm sure somebody at home is screaming at us saying it works like this. I, th- I think the, the obviously the two quarterbacks that we've signed for this week, yeah, um, they literally are a, a sort of pay as pay as you earn um, yeah. situation. So I right. don't think they actually take up a spot as such. I mean, obviously, one of the quarterbacks was with the Jets last weekend for their rookie minicamp. So, yeah. you know, he, he didn't, obviously, they didn't have to create space there. I think we're at the level because we've obviously, we've got the the Isaac Alarcon mm-hmm. um, exemption and we got yeah. rid of Siwu, you know, that... Um, yeah. We're at we're at the right level now, so um, I don't yeah. think we need to make any adjustments. But yeah, because the, the perhaps two... there's somebody else who's signed that I don't know about. But... Yeah, well, I mean, there's the two guys, as you say. I, I, I like you said. I don't know if they're sign-ins or they're literally just rookie mini camp arms. Um, my guess is is because they you can't have a player who's played in a game go to the rookie mini camp so obviously you can't have Dak you can't have the other guys which we're going to talk about um, at rookie mini camp making throws for wide receivers and tight ends so you've got to get somebody in so they, they do have these two quarterback slash camp arm guys which is uh, Nick um, Starkle and Terry Wilson um, yep. which as you say you looked up just before the show they're literally as they say camp arms to come in to do, go into rookie camp to be able to do some work because the Cowboys didn't draft or get anyone on the UDFA market that plays the quarterback position so it could be there is an exemption in that respect too it's a good point you make on, on that one as we're talking about it and I'll have to ask the question on that too I never really thought to ask that one um but that is um, the news for now. As we say, the, the, the two guys added to the uh, list, uh, really the only 
major points uh, on that, apart from the rookie minicamp started. Next week, we can give you some more information on those guys, and then we can go into more detail about how rookie minicamp went, talk about the schedule release as well. Uh, but that is it for now for the news and updates. We are officially into the position breakdowns. He was quarterbacks. So here's my first question for you, right, Lon? Right, go on. Think about this time last year with the quarterback position. How does that rate this year in comparison to last year? When you think we had Dak injured, we had Ben DiNucci, who's everybody's going, um, we didn't have Will Greer, and Cooper Rush was, I believe, had he been cut at this point? He was trying to clear waivers? Yeah. Because they did cut him, and I think it was about this time of year. So when you think about it, the, the, the speculation and the worry and the concern we had this time last year. Think about that. How does that rate now in comparison to last year? I I think we've probably got a bit more assurance this year. I mean, um, from the DAC point of view, obviously he came back from his injury. He got through the first first half of the season okay up up until the New England game um, was performing at an MVP-esque yeah. level mm-hmm. um, unfortunately he then got injured one way or another in the New England in the last play of the New England game um, you know and at some point he also picked up a, an injury on his uh, non-throwing shoulder That's which correct, has required yeah. required a little bit of work this off season but you know he should be should be back healthy and ready to go this year. Um, we, we've got concerns about whether he can still be as effective with his legs. Um, but, you know, perhaps he just needed that one season to, to fully recover and then yeah. he'll he'll be back to the, the best that we've seen him before. Yeah, because, um, I, I mean, like, think about this. That before the coffee, you know, like, let's, okay, let's start from the very top is that you had hard knocks in, and we all saw it. He, he's doing a lot of throwing. It's his first time throwing since the nasty injury he had from week four in 2019 against the Giants with the uh, ankle situation. And he comes back in. He's throwing, and he's making, some would argue, too many throws. Um, but you can get the reasons why, especially with the type of personality that Dak is. And... Um, He's in there, he's making all these throws, and then next thing you hear, he's got a shoulder because he's made too many. He's on a pitch count, he's not happy about it. We see it all unfolding as well on hard knocks. Um, it turns out though that when you think like how the season started up until really the Minnesota game that he didn't play in, that up until that point, like you you already illustrated as you said there, that he was people were talking about him being in the MVP race. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. And I mean, he, he was, he, you know, he wasn't lighting up the league in terms of having to pass five hundred yards like he was the first four games of the, yeah, sure. the twenty twenty season. Yeah. But he was, he, he was efficient. He was obviously he was having the great games. We yeah. had, um, you know, the the questionable call on the quarterback keeper against Philadelphia, where I think everybody. Everybody could see that he'd crossed the line, apart from the the, the line judge and and the other officials. And um, you know, e- even the replay showed that he was 
fully over the line. There was things like that. Um, uh, and obviously the, you then had another, a similar situation where he tried to dive over the line and fumbled the ball. And yeah, again, yeah. was he over the line or not? But um, things, things like that. And then it just, whether it was taking that week off against Minnesota or uh, if it was a continuation of the injury that he picked up in the New England game, Mm. It just nothing on the offense on the offense seemed to click the same way it did after the bye week. Um, yeah, it's a tailor uh, two halves, wasn't it, with, with him? And I, I I don't know if perhaps as well when you think about it, by the time the Minnesota game came, um, which Cooper Rush played in and won, you get past that and you start going down the stretch. They have a good way to finish the season. And some people will argue about the teams that they played being a fairly easy cakewalk. But when you think about it, he comes back. And I wonder if maybe because, like, there were some balls, whichever way you, you want to look at it, there were balls sailing. And yeah. especially on his deep passes, some of them, you watch the nose dive on that ball sooner than expected, like as if he's not quite getting enough behind it and you do see that and i just wonder if perhaps maybe on calf injury the calf was a lot more than they were leading on uh and it was bothering him and it's affecting his body mechanics and muscle memory because that's what throwing really is um and i wonder if that had an effect on it but i do know one thing that definitely had an effect because think about this how solidified the first six seven weeks were of the offensive line that they, yeah. they weren't rotating out a lot they were fairly solidified all right lyle collins had the 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 ban but it turned out yeah. that meant we found out what steel was all about so it worked out in our favor in that sense but um you look that beyond that then the offensive line was getting interchanged quite a lot i mean it, it was not just happening game by game but during the game yeah yeah, I, th- I think everything, to be honest, the whole offense, uh, you, you can't put it all on Dak, but mm, the whole offense seemed to be um, come, come the bye week and even the Minnesota game. You know, yeah. you were talking Lyell came back, you switched Steele to the left-hand side as a left tackle mm-hmm. after being five or six games on the right-hand side. You're never going to be able to switch just like that. I yeah. mean, even the best swing tackles will never be able to play uh, almost immediately. They need at least a game to warm up and um, change the technique from playing left to right or right to left. Um, you had that. We then switched out McGovern for Williams or switched in McGovern for Williams. Um you know, obviously the what that did it cut down on some of the penalties, but mm-hmm. you know we weren't as aggressive on the running game. Zeke had his PCL injury. We had issues with Tony Pollard as well. Everything seemed, you know, it all just seemed to come together at the same time. And then, yeah. and then you lose Gallup as well. And I, I mean, again, Gallup would have maybe been another option that we had um, against San Francisco as well. You could. You could see him making a sideline catch on that last drive against San Francisco, and that would have, you know, it might have turned out differently. We might not have had to do the QB sneak. 
Or the, yeah. the, the QB draw um, with 14 seconds left. No. And because, like, as well, if you remember the Patriot game, when Dak made that throw to land to win the game and he was on the ground. I I don't know about you, but I think everybody was. They were just holding their breath, like, oh no, what's just like we we've we've won, you know, like the old we've won the battle but lost the war situation. Um yeah. but I, I think it's unfair when people say a lot of the problems are with Dak. The one thing I will say, and I don't know what, what your what you think on this, Amari Cooper, obviously he's gone. Um, offensive line is going to be changed quite dramatically when you think with Lyle Collins and Connor Williams gone. Yep. Yep. Tyler Biadish needs to do whatever he needs to do. Um, we'll get to that on the offensive line in the position breakdown series because that's a conversation to be had, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But I think we're about to find out this year because they, they, they haven't done a lot when you look at it to help Dak succeed. That there's a lot of missing pieces there. Like when you think offensive line um, could be better, but there's a question mark there. Wide receiver for the Cowboys, which was a strength the last few years, is now probably the biggest question mark next to linebacker on this roster. Yep. So you, you, but... you've got to think we're going to find out what that truly is. Is he a guy that can get that team to be better? Yeah, and I mean, I, I, again, as I, I think we discussed this as well when we were talking about why we'd we'd got rid of um, Amari Cooper, and and what this offense might be like. The fact that Dak doesn't have three stri- three direct options that are one mm-hmm. A, one B, one C receivers or whatever actually might play out better because it's you know again it's it's making Dak necessarily think well yeah okay. Amari's open, but is CD Lamb a bit better? Open a little bit better, and you yeah. know, having having that that split second of indecision or something, you know, maybe makes him hold the ball a little bit longer. And and there's only so many balls that you can throw around the field. Oh yeah. Um. So maybe maybe we might see an offense where it's addition by subtraction, where you've got rid of Amari Cooper. Yeah, okay. You don't have um, teams can double team somebody else, um, and you're relying on other people to step up. But we might have we might ha- be able to say that nobody knows what uh, Tolbert's like. Nobody knows what James Washington tr- truly is. They yeah. might be absolute steals for us, um, and we might hit the ground running just as well. And one way or another, Kellen Moore didn't didn't scheme it properly um you know to t- to get our strengths and then if you get if you get Zeke back healthy as well you get Tony Pollard back healthy you maybe you know obviously there's talk that you could maybe use Tony Pollard as the the Debo Samuel style it works. um as well you know yeah. which obviously Debo Samuel's not wanting to be Debo Samuel of uh, last year so um <laughs> You know, all all of this. There's so many questions about the offense going into training camp. A lot. Um, Agree. But p- potentially, I mean, it it could be a surprise for this season, as far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm actually quite optimistic with everyone. Um, looking forward, we we do have. I think we we don't have hundred um, percent improvement, 
but we have the potential there and we have upside with the guys that we a lot of up. ceiling yep yeah agree yeah um because it is interesting when you look really f- through dark stats um that it, it when you go through it when you look at all the major categories Dak is in the top 10 of like literally everything. Uh, and it's not, it's no lie. Like the, the most important ones, at least anyway. Um, like I can just go through some, right. So under pressure, right. Just to go through some of um, Dak's stats, just the, 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 the easy important ones, right. So when he's under pressure, uh, in terms of rankings in the NFL with all the other quarterbacks, Touchdowns under pressure, he ranks fifth. In terms of total yards, passing yards, seventh. Uh, in first downs, so that's six. And quarterback rating is seventh. When he's kept clean, and you'll notice a theme here, uh, touchdowns, he ranks fifth. He yards, he ranks ninth. First downs, he ranks eighth. Rating, he ranks seventh. Uh, when he's blitzed, uh, and, and I'm sure you can guess where this is going, in touchdowns, he ranks first. In first downs, he ranks fifth. In NFL rating, he ranks sixth. So, like, just the really basic, like, you just go and have a look at, like, you know, like the, those ones really encapsulate a, a, a big picture. That when you look at it, he's top 10 in, in the rankings. And when people talk about um, how he performed later in the season, yeah, okay, he did, but he did what he was trying to do to, because you've got to remember Dak's temperament when you think about it is very much I'm going out to win, I'm going to win, I will yeah. win this game, and we've seen it time and time again. So, um, you do get that with him, but it, it, it is interesting that when you just go through some basic statistics with him, just like the just pick four categories like that the, the important ones, how many first downs does he get, how many touchdowns. How many yards does he get? And you go, it, it's always in the top 10. Everything's always... And that is in a season when um, he lost Gallup. Like you say, he had a revolving door for an offensive line. And um, he's also coming back from a season of injury as well as picking up an in-season injury as well. Yeah, yep. I'd, I mean, obviously, Dak's, Dak's self, self-assured. There was obviously... You know, a lot of pundits were questioning what Dak was going to be from day one. Yeah. And Dak, Dak has come in, you know, obviously he wasn't expected to do anything season one. Then mm-hmm. Kellen Moore breaks his foot in training camp. Um, yeah, yeah. Tony Romo goes down in week three of the preseason against it's Seattle. Yeah. And you're suddenly, you know, you're suddenly thrust into the lineup. And... You know, obviously we go thirteen and three that year, and <laughs> you know get the get the first seed for the the playoffs. And unfortunately, yeah, we were one and done or whatever. But you know, again, it was um, Dak has always had that confidence in himself, and that's what you need from a quarterback, particularly your starting quarterback. And even when things were were against them last year, you know the players gravitate towards that. And build off that atmosphere, and you know, again, when you saw Dak on the sideline, um, you know, and helping 
Cooper Rush helping Will Greer in, or Cooper Rush certainly in Hard Knocks. He was doing yeah. a little bit with Ben Denucci as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, obviously we got we got something out of Cooper Rush this year, and that we we've seen him in game action that isn't just mopping up at the end of a game. We actually saw him play in a game, and you know when the chips were on the line again, you know he he guided us to victory over the the Minnesota Vikings. So yeah, yeah, we we have a, a level of confidence with Cooper Rush this year. Whether that's enough for him to. Um, you know, will he win the, the battle against Will Greer in training camp? Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll get to Cooper Rush in literally just yeah. a second. The only thing I, I wanted to finish on with Dak is um, what you foresee, uh, but also what we'll do is very quickly run through his contract with how it ties in at the moment, is that it's obviously a four-year contract. He's in the second year of that. It was 160 mil. Um, that now ranks 10th in the NFL. There you go. That yeah. went fairly quick. 29 years of age, uh, he does two-year void part on his contract uh, at the end of the four years. In 2022, he's only 19.7 mil against the cap. I know they restructured, but I think that was a bit a bit hefty, um, especially when uh, I think they rank now, I think they rank 10th in total cap space, if I remember. Uh, 2023, that takes a steep jump then to 49.1 million against the cap. Um, whether they're trying to keep as much of that cap space available for next year because you can use rollover, could be what they're trying to yeah. do. Um, but it is interesting that there's this $30 million jump next year that they're going to have to account for, along with Zeke's contract and Tanks as well, because remember, they restructured his. Um yeah, um, very interesting in, in that respect. I think personally he's worth the money. When you talk about the rankings, the way, and especially when you think you're going to have more quarterbacks at the end of this season having contracts looked at and their next contract beyond their rookie contract getting done as well. So we're going to see this jump again. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, the last part before we finish with Dak is uh, me personally, I think this season, Dak's going to get a lot of the blame for some of the issues that will happen this year on the offense. Um, it's just my initial thoughts. Without going into camp and seeing a single ball being thrown, this is mine. Just a, a feeling. But um, uh, hopefully, if some wide receivers, like you say, Talbot steps up, you still got Dalton Schultz there. CD Lamb is going to be a very important role, which we'll talk about when we get to wide receivers. Um, yeah. But as it stands right now, I mean, I don't think the Cowboys have done enough to help Dak this year. But um, if he can step up to the plate and he can do what he needs to do, it'd be very interesting to see if he can elevate the team. Um, you know that sort of um, become the truck rather than the trailer type quarterback. Um, yeah. But what what what's your outlook for him for this year? Well, I, I mean, again, obviously the criticism that Dak gets regarding the money is that obviously Jerry never signed him earlier than he yeah. than he did. And you know, if if he was playing the third year of a contract where he was only making twenty five million dollars a year, we'd be saying it's an absolute steal, no matter. Mm-hmm whether it's is one or done one and done in the playoffs or whatever but the fact that it it dragged on as much as it did 
the fact is he's not you know we're not overpaying him compared to some obviously he his contract has been surpassed by everybody else now oh yeah um you know from that point of view but being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is always going to be a target on your back yeah it's a target on your back more so than being a starting quarterback anywhere else in this league um I suppose Green Green Bay maybe when you're when you're switching out the like of Brett Favre for Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers you know a lot of people were like oh my god what's he gonna like you know when they when Aaron Rodgers eventually goes off into uh, the sunset and Jordan Love or whoever's there um, come in, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be as big a target on the, their back as there is for Dak. This is um, true. But I think Dak's <laughs> you, you look at the other quarterbacks in the NFC East, you got Jalen Hurts who yeah. realistically, yeah, okay, he guided the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs, mm-hmm. but you know, there's still a lot of criticism about him and his skills. You've got Carson Wentz, who basically is on his third team in three years, never, never managed to recapture that MVP season that he was having until he went down injured. Mm. Um, even when he was reunited with uh, Frank Reich, um, perhaps, perhaps if he hadn't messed up that final game against Jacksonville, he'd still be playing for the Colts, but who knows? Um, you know, the 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 Colts have never beaten Jacksonville for about the last six or seven years or so at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't purely Carson Wentz's fault. <laughs> and then um, Daniel Jones, I've never been high on anyway. So, no. um, you know, Dak is still certainly the best quarterback in the NFC East, Agreed. and there's no there's no doubt he's one of the per- perennial top top players in in the NFL at the quarterback level. I would definitely say he's a top ten quarterback NFC East, definitely the best. And you're hoping that by having the best quarterback, that's enough to take you and carry the rest of the team into the playoffs. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but you touched on the other guy as well, uh, Cooper Rush. He is uh, 29 years of age, same age as Dak. Um, one mil against the cap this year, just slightly over. Um, but he is an unrestricted free agent next year, which is quite interesting, depending on what they decide to do with that one. Um, I don't know about you, I feel a little after the Vikings game, a lot more confident as a, with him as a backup. I mean, how do you feel about him? Oh, hundred percent. Because as I, as I say, we'd never we'd never seen anybody, or, or we'd never seen um, Cooper Rush play before, other than mop up duties. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd thrown more than sort of four or five passes a game. This is um, true. And. Again, you saw from him that, you know, the first half was so-so, it wasn't great. Um, and then he connected with Cedric Wilson, yeah. that boosted things, and that took his that took his game to the next level. And obviously, he had that confidence on that last drive uh, to come in and actually knock everybody, uh, you know, it guide them down the field. Passed to I think it was it Cooper who caught the last the the final touchdown. I with think it about, was yeah actually. about a minute to go. Yeah yeah. So 
again, that game was the making of him. Um, probably puts him in a better steading than Will Greer. Certainly, mm-hmm. obviously, there's there's limited game tape of Will Greer when he was playing for Carolina. Um, and obviously, Kellen Moore knows what Cooper... Kellen Moore has that... Um, idea of what Cooper Rush is because he's basically trained Cooper Rush from day yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. So if you're going to be leaning towards anybody, it probably is Cooper Rush. But again, both of them are just making over a million. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's going to be a straight battle for them for number two. Um, and I can see this year us just having two quarterbacks in camp. Maybe maybe a, th- maybe a third one on the... On the um, on the practice squad yeah um it's definitely and like with cooper rush i feel confident with him having to take over the most part of a game or at least a game if needs be if dax had to take a um a game out i feel but i don't want him to go on a long stretch of games of like two or three games like you say, yeah. finishing games out, can do, you feel confident with that? Because bear in mind, this is a cup of rush. He's a guy that the Cowboys um, randomly have, during his tenure at the Cowboys, um, they, they've cut him, he's cleared waivers, they brought him back in, he's cut, put back onto the practice squad, then they pull him back out of the practice squad and brought him in, and then there's all the COVID rules, so you've got rules on what you can do with players on that as well. So they've got this mixed feeling on him, but I think the Minnesota game certainly has helped solidify him as the number two. Because um, you brought the other guy in as well, uh, Will Greer as well, um, West Virginia, that came in. He's on a one million against the cap this year, unrestricted free agent as well, 27 years of age. Um, I know you said that there's a possibility. For me, I don't see it. Because I just don't see Will Greer. He works well on a West Coast offense, but I think a lot of what Will Greer did, and I can remember saying this um, a couple of years back when he was there, is that Will Greer is a good college quarterback, and all the traits and tools you have are exactly what you need to have to succeed in college. The trouble is, is not a lot of those traits work well in the NFL. Like he doesn't have a big arm. A lot of people will say about the touch. He has great touch on the ball. And I just think, well, yeah, I mean, that's great for college because it does work because you're playing against A, lesser athletic uh, cornerbacks and B, ones that um, will give up a lot of defensive pass interference calls on these touch passes because of poor technique. But in the NFL, where the athleticism is higher and they're getting NFL coaching, those touch passes become a lot easier to defend and in some cases end up going the other way. So yeah. that's why I was never a big fan of Will Greer coming out. And I always had issue with him. Now, I love to be proved wrong. And, you know, Mike McCarthy is somewhat of a quarterback whisperer. Um, and like you say, you know, there's nothing tying either of these quarterbacks in terms of rushing Greer beyond this season. Um, the only thing I will say is that Greer will be the younger guy. And this Cowboys team is very young as it stands as it is. So it'd be interesting to see what they do do. For me, the of, of all the quarterbacks 
on this year's roster, the one that needs to have the best and cleanest um, preseason, especially preseason games where he needs to stand out, is Will Greer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because obviously the, the Will Greer was a pickup after the final cuts of training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there's nothing to stop Dallas doing that again this year. Um, you know, and obviously at the same time that that Cooper Rush shouldn't think that he's got the the job settled as well. I agree, mean, agree. Obviously, we we were all saying that the job was going to be Garrett Gilbert's. Uh, right up until the final week of training camp, and this then is all of a sudden it was yeah, Cooper Rush got the got got the job. So um, yeah. the only one that is guaranteed to have a place is Dak. As far and mm-hmm. that's as much as his abilities, rather as well as where the money money is. That there's there's no moving on from the money side of things. Um, but at at the same time. You know, Dak has the skills and has the potential that he is the best quarterback we've got on the roster. So he's he's definitely solidified his place. Uh, Cooper Rush, Will Greer, they're both um, you know expe- expendable. Um, mm-hmm. So they they shouldn't be thinking, oh yeah, I'm guaranteed a spot this year. So yeah, um, and neither of them are really tied to this coaching staff. So they they yeah. they got no worries. I know you say they're not really tied, but yeah, it was this coaching staff that brought them in through free agency. But they didn't draft him; they just brought him in. Um, yeah. So if they cut him, there's no there's no like loss. Nobody's like, oh right, you know, or finger pointing in that you're wrong. Um, it, it, and what we do like, and we say it every year, where it's good to have competition. This is a place where it is good to have competition as the backup quarterback. A lot of people uh, in the chat, or, or, as well as on Twitter. By the way, guys, y- y- your comments don't show up <laughs> on Twitter. So head on over to YouTube, our channel there, or Facebook, and they, they, they will come up on the screen. Um, but what is interesting is that um, a lot of people are saying how much they like Cooper. And... It is. It is right. I'm. I'm with these people that Cooper as a backup quarterback is totally fine. It's funny to say Cooper without thinking of Amari Cooper, but yeah. um, <laughs> the competition is good. We like that, um, and it's also because one of the things the last guy we'll talk about is the Ben Denucci experience. Um, 26 years of age, 800k against the cap, and he's year in 2023, which is interesting. A lot of people are saying to cut Ben Denucci. Um, I get the reasons. I understand he has not shown or flashed at all. Um, but I am keeping him for camp and for preseason only because of that reason, is that he is going to create competition, which means that if he starts to step up, the other two guys now need to step up. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, if if you were going by past experience... Um, you know, we ne- we never saw anything from years one and two of Tony Romo, and in year three, suddenly, you know, the the mechanics the had all been, the man- mechanics had all changed. The lights came on, and yeah. you you got something out of him. I think you certainly go to, you certainly go to camp with him, um, mm-hmm. see how he does in camp, and if if he's improved, great. You've got a, you've got a three way competition for the backup. If not. 
it's you, you've at least got a camp body. You've got somebody that you know you're not putting back in for the whole game in uh-huh. preseason. Um, other other than obviously the dress rehearsal, and obviously teams are having to tinker with that with the yeah. the reduced number of um, preseason games that you're having. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So potentially, you know, you've at least got the. <laughs> The insurance policy that you've got three backup quarterbacks that can play a whole game um, and take it from there, see who the best one is, see who survives pre-season um, and um, you, you, go into the, you go into the regular season with that as well. Um, but I we haven't seen enough from him, um, you know, if our backups were solidified, perhaps he's already out on the street. Um, and uh, if the if these guys that were signed this week for rookie minicamp, if one of them suddenly is lights out, I'm, I'm um, yeah, yeah. you know, you you could see them swapping swapping out. Um, yeah. We just we just don't know at the moment. But I, I, again, I would say Danucci's on the outside looking in at the moment. Um, unless Which, unless yeah. he has taken that next step, yeah, because I I think that this is really it now. I know he's still on the hook for next year, but they can cut him. Um, there's like nothing there. I think the only thing holding them back from being like, yeah, we messed up, or not that we messed up, because remember he was a seventh round pick, so it's not yeah. like there's a huge investment in this. Um, you went out and got him, like because. To me, when I've seen Ben Benucci play, and I'm sure everybody else does, that if you just let your eyes watch the game, he looks like um, an FCS quarterback. <laughs> it's the only way to describe it. That That yeah. is exactly what he looks like. He just looks like a guy who's come from the FCS. He, he's got um, awkward mechanics. The game's moving too fast for him. He's not even doing half field reads. He's doing a single read and then he's gone. It's got either he's he's throwing the ball, which ironically is something Will Greer needs to do more. Um, but he's doing that or taking off, and it, it just all goes wrong. And you can just see it all unfolding and becoming too quick and it's too fast for him. So I just think that for me, Ben Danushi, this is the season. Where it's all on the line, but I just I don't foresee it. I, I can't see him really progressing much more. I know we're saying you know McCarthy. There's they they do have a good quarterback room as well as coaching on that in that department. Plus he's got Kellen Moore um, who played quarterback himself, so you do have all of that. But I think. Danucci, I think it's pretty much it, it, this is it now. This is done for him. Um, preseason, it, they they might give him a, a pitter patter of sort of um, snaps, but I, I feel really they're going to go down the road of let's see what we can do with Will Greer. Let's teach him to if it's not there, throw the ball away. Don't try and make awkward throws. They'll probably instill a bit more of a Westy Coast style offense for Will Rear, which is, suits him better because he doesn't have a big arm. And even on the short passes, they can fall short. Oh, man. But, um, you know, these are the things that they can do. And I just think that how do you change the offense for Will Greer is a lot 
harder to try and rack your brains to figure out than it is, say, with Cooper Rush or even with Will Greer. Um, And there's not great money, as I say, invested in it. So I think the the Danucci experience, because even ourselves, and you you know, as I say, it's a seven-run pick, so you're not really digging or delving too deep into the narrative of what the pick was. But a lot of us were... What was that pick about? What? Why this guy from an, uh, not even a good FC? Well, okay, it's a fairly good FCS team, but what? Why that pick? Why, and a lot of people are then turn around, especially who are ex Green Bay Packers fans, or is like, you know, it's Mike McCarty. He will always pick this guy. Plus, he knows he knows Ben Denucci. He knows the family. And you get, and then you stop clogging it all together. And you go, all oh, right, okay. So maybe he knows more than we know. He knows more than the rest of the, 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 the scouting department know, and they're signing off on it. But I just think it's one of those things that just hasn't worked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, as you say, Mike McCarthy has been known to take a flyer on a, a player in the latter rounds of the draft. Yeah. You've seen the Brett Hanleys, you've seen numerous quarterbacks and they, they they played one or two games when Aaron Rodgers went down with injuries but um it just in it, it I, th- I think he's he's too too raw um, he is yes and it's true ho- hopefully we've seen we've seen some coaching the last couple of years that might mean that it cl- clicks into gear this year but um you know it, it, we need to see how it comes together, but um, yeah, it, it it it's a low risk pick. We've already because we cut him and put him on practice squad last year. We've already absorbed um, any of the guaranteed signing bonus yeah. money, yeah. so he literally we can cut him and there's no no salary cap penalties at all. So yeah. Um, because I, I just think that they, they, they will, if anything, I don't know what you think. Do, I, I think because of, of where they both come from in terms of Ben Danucci, Will Greer, I think they're just going to try and spend some more time trying to help uh, uh, and develop Will Greer. I don't know. Is it, it, What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think so too. I mean, you've at least seen game tape of Will Greer um, and he... he I think what what did Danucci in is the fact that he was Danucci to me. What that first game he played was like the first series of steaming Willie Beeman in <laughs> yeah. any given Sunday. Yeah. All and he he's, needed he's was throw up on the field. Sort of, or 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 Shane Falco in in the replacements, yeah, you know, yeah, and he's like yeah, going yeah. to Go hand off, way. and the, the, the yeah. play's gone the wrong way, and he's running around, you know, looking for something to happen. And unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as that as that Philadelphia game went on, it just it didn't awkward. click. It yeah. it didn't improve. Um, and and unfor- it's becoming awkward and unf- to watch. Yeah, yeah. and again. In last in last year's preseason games, you were still seeing that mm-hmm. it was you weren't That's seeing necessarily any sort of improvement. Um, you know, he he threw more interceptions than than any of the other quarterbacks in preseason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, guys were calling for his head last year. How he managed to stay on the practice squad, um, you know, obviously. 
there, there were people querying why we were even bothering to keep him on the practice squad, especially when you'd pick Will Greer up as as your um, your third string quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. McCarthy must have seen something to keep him around, or whether it's we talk about how Dallas are loyal to their draft picks and that mm. pretty much everybody was there. Bradley and I was the only one that eventually left mid-season to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but basically all the draft picks have been are still there from 2019, the first time that uh, uh, mm. McCarthy got to pick. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I yeah, I'm with you. I just think that the uh, and they're gonna have obviously two quarterbacks on the on the roster, and then Will Greer will, if I think he is still eligible because he hasn't taken enough snaps, that he will move to practice squad. Um, yeah. and he's there then for, as they say, COVID purposes and all the rest of it, because that's still in effect. Or have they got rid of that rule now? Are they on about getting rid of that rule? Um, I think most of the COVID stuff's gone, but I mean, mm. I think there is obviously they were the, they're always with the new CBA that was agreed, there always got, was going to be the expanded practice squad, yeah. yeah um, that's right. A lot of teams actually liked some of the rules that came in with the COVID and elevating mm. players and what have you. So how many times you can do um, it? Yeah, I think I think potentially. Um, I think there was talk about making it, carrying it on, and I don't know if it was agreed at the the owners' meetings or if it even needed to be carried uh, agreed at the owners' meetings. But um, there certainly was talk of of at least carrying on the elevation and mm. um you know you were as long as one of the guys that you were elevating was an offensive lineman you were going to be able to take eight offensive linemen to the game yeah yeah um and still elevate somebody else so mm. um, but i the, i think oh, go, on, go on go on keep going well the, covid's not going away so at some point you are probably going to have somebody who does go down with covid and needs to be sat for a week or whatever, so you'll yeah. need to elevate somebody Hasn't as a COVID replacement. So, yeah, it still exists. You're quite right. Um, but yes, um, I think this one's fairly easy. Where we do um, predict uh, the roster position, fairly easy. This one to go through. The QB one is Dak, and your backup's going to be Cooper Rush. I think that's yeah. This is fairly simple. Will Greer. It does, as you quite rightly say uh, earlier, has a chance to make a push for that. But I think as it stands right now, because you've got a known history with Cooper Rush, with what you've seen, you know what you're getting. Will Greer, yeah, it's a possibility. If not, if anything, he'll make it to the practice squad um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, so that is it for this week's one. Quarterback, fairly easy one to start off with. But that's what yep. we like to do. We like to get in gently. And then as the season gets on and gets more and more tougher and a lot more meatier. Um, plus, we've got more news ripping in, um, so it fills everything out a bit more. But let's hit this, and I'm going to let you do the do the read on this one. It's over to you, Mr. Lorne. Okay, so obviously, schedule's been released tonight. Um, if you're not enticed by any of the international series games, <laughs> consider, consider going across to the States and going to, if you are going across... Book with CowboysExperience.com for your ultimate meet and greets. 
tailgating game day packages. Again, they'll work with you. You get to meet former players like Randy White, um, Ed Tuttle-Jones, Zach Martin, uh, Travis Frederick. Um, you know, Paul's, Paul's always raved about them. You get stadium tours. My, uh, my cousin is out there at the moment and sent me a whole load of videos this last week. Um just to wind me up that he was actually going around <laughs> the stadium so hmm. it's uh, certainly putting a thirst under me for signing up for next year um so and of course if you are booking with cowboys experience use the discount code uk cowboys and of course you'll get free, free stuff. stuff that's right and then you've got some other guys we needed to go check out these are some friends of the show being on the show um, talk with us and give you some good advice, uh, especially this time of year. Could come in handy when you're trying to figure out who you're going to take on your fantasy squad, which is coming soon. Um, so, yes, that is it from us this week. Uh, we will be back next week and we have a special guest as well. Um, everything coming out from minicamp reports where we get to see um, how the rookies have done. We'll talk about the schedule as well. Um, but from myself and uh, the great and powerful Lord who joined me tonight, that is it from UK Cowboys TV. Uh, see you next week for the running back position. Stay safe, guys. Yeah, have a good week, guys, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>